Welcome to the Criswell College Chapel Podcast. Throughout each semester, the entire campus gathers for worship through song and a biblical, challenging, and encouraging message. Speakers include pastors, professors, and local business and nonprofit leaders. At Criswell, we believe spiritual life is vital for everyone, and that is why Criswell's goal in chapel services is to emphasize loving the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength. We cultivate leaders who are ambassadors, cultivators, peacemakers, problem solvers, and professionals. While chapel services are tailored to students, we're encouraged by all our guest speakers by knowing that the practicality of what is being spoken is for everyone. To learn more about Criswell College, visit criswell.edu. Thank you for joining us. Buenos dias. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here with you. Praise God for our worship team. Each year from September 15 to October 15, millions of Americans celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. It's a great time of the year to learn about what it means to be Hispanic and take time to recognize the achievement Hispanic communities have made in the United States and around the world. Hispanic Heritage Month is a time to honor the history, culture, and civic contributions of Americans with heritage from Mexico, Central and South America, and the Caribbean. This period shines a spotlight on American Latino communities, and its first day coincides with the Independence Days of several, including Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Mexico, and Chile. Today we have the distinct honor to listen and learn from Hispanic Christian leaders from different backgrounds and and experiences. The conversation will focus on the Hispanic Church in America and higher education. Joining us today to lead this discussion is our very own uh, board member, Jesse Rincones, who also serves as the executive director of the Hispanic Baptist Convention of Texas. Pastor Fernando Rojas from Axel Avenue Baptist Church, Dr. Pablo Juarez from FBC Kaufman in Español, and Pastor David Miranda from the Promise Church. Thank you so much for being here with us, and um, uh, enjoy your conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Kramer, Luis, and Criswell College for taking this time uh, to have an excuse to serve tamales and aguas, right? (laughs) And, uh, you know, as we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, it's not your fault. We're Latino, and it's not our fault. (laughs) God created us that way. And I think if we can discover how God works in so many different contexts and so many different peoples, it'll help us to appreciate and glorify him Uh, even more. Well, Latinos, we can't agree on the origin of the Guayabera. Uh, What's better, pupusas or gorditas, or who has a better soccer team? Uh, But I think there's a consensus, at least among uh, Hispanic pastors, and that's on the importance of of education and how that role plays in the believer's life to love the Lord their God with all their mind. And uh, we have different experiences here, uh, educational experiences that start thousands of miles away from some cultures, uh, people um, whose first language was not English, 
those who come from the Nosabo crew. And, uh, and would you just take a minute, each of you, to just share with us a little bit about your educational journey and how you saw God's hand or faith or the church uh, involved in that? Uh, David. All right. Well, my name is David Miranda. Again, thank you for having us. Um, my background is I was born here in Dallas. My parents are migrants from Mexico. Um, essentially, they're missionaries because um, my dad came here to, to be equipped uh, and to become a pastor. And so he's pastored here for over 35 years. And so I grew up in Sulphur Springs, Texas. Um, and uh, throughout my, my journey, um, one of the things that was I feel unique is um, I didn't really have aunts and uncles here in the States. Uh, all my extended family was in the in um, in Mexico, uh, and so what happened is that the church became my aunts and uncles, and for me, I never felt like I missed out on that. I I, don't, I never felt like I was um, alone in it because of the church context, and I think that's that's kind of the framework that I want to paint this answer on, is that if the church truly becomes a body that's united, um, I think uh, those growing up without those extended family members, church is family. And so we hope that, that that can be the same thing. And when, when I say that, I also say that um, as a member of a family, a church family, what I do, my, res- my responsibility now is to show others that it's possible. And so currently I'm working on a PhD at Dallas Baptist University. Uh, and so it's always been because of God's grace and his goodness. But also, I also feel that because of God has given me this opportunity, now I need to uh, share that with others. And I think that same thing applies to you. I think you've, you've been given an opportunity to be an example to someone else. All the things that we've been given is so that we can bless others. Hey, get ready to get challenges. These are all pastors, so they might even do an altar call at the end for you to pass your, offering, your grades offering right, this semester. Pastor Fernando. Uh, my name is Fernando Rojas, and... Um, my journey is kind of similar to, to David's. I had, we actually, my family and I immigrated uh, when I was about 11 years old, as you probably usually hear, to looking for a better life. And when I came here, I also didn't have family, so the church became um, my family, friends from church became my family. Um, and I graduated from high school, and then I took a little bit of a break, about 20 years. Uh, before I went to college. <laughs> but friends like Jesse and others that challenged me and said, you know what, because I said, I, I, I wish I could go back, but it's just, it's too late. They said, no, you still have time. You still have time to go back. You still have time to be a good influence to the people in your church to challenge your youth. So so that was that was a, a challenge. And so I, I decided to go and work on my, my associates uh, so that I could tell my children who were getting close to high school age and, and college age, so I could tell them, if I could do it while working, while leading a family, while leading a church, then you can do it too. And so um, that's kind of where my journey's been, and, and that's, that's been the challenge to, to our church. And, 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 and in learning how to go through the whole system of, of applications and, and all that, we've been also able to help the, the youth in our church who don't have those parents with the information um, to get them in, into college. And so um, I've been very blessed with friends that, that have challenged me. Um, right now, I'm working on my master's, and I'm applying for my doctorate in, um, to start next year. That's handy. All right. Well, <clears throat> my name is Pablo Juarez, and uh, I came to the U.S. a little bit older than, than you guys. I was, uh, I was already 30 years old. 
So uh, my first language is uh, Spanish. And um, I came uh, three times undocumented uh, uh, here to the US. The first time I came alone, then I came with my wife. And then the last trip that I made was with my children. And, uh, and it was in 1995. My, my, I wasn't a Christian, so my journey has been a little bit different too. So I became Christian here two years later after I arrived in the US. In my educational journey, I went to, when I was 17, I went to Cuba. I'm from Nicaragua. I went to Cuba and get a, a, a technical degree. Then in Nicaragua, I got an agriculture engineer degree. And then, um, and then after that was when I moved here and I became Christian. So right away after, education has been big in my life. And, uh, and I don't know from where I got it because nobody in my family has a, a degree. So, but I came, um, I became Christian and immediately I went to the seminary, graduated with a diploma. Then I went for a BA. In, in religion, and then I went for a master in divinity, and I went for a doctor in ministry, and then um, then after that I went for a master in higher education, and the last master I got is master in international business. So it being it being a, a I'm trying to make my children to get more than me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my goal. See if they can catch up with, but. Uh, <laughs> but um, but church, church for me, church and education they go hand in hand. They go together. I think uh, one of the the greatest thing that God gave us is a mind, and He wants to for us to develop our minds. And education is the the greatest tool to help uh, Christian to to develop. I am always in awe of students that come from other countries and can get. Uh, a degree in a second language that's that's not the original language. I can't imagine going to get a, a bachelor's in Mexico, even though I know Spanish, much less uh, several masters and a D men and, uh, and an MDiv. So, uh, Dr. Watt, you're an inspiration to us, and 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 above all that, you also changed Luis's diapers. And so that's, uh, you're quite. Yeah, a, I don't want to mention that, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, you can tell stories, <laughs> yeah. stories later. Yeah. Uh, you've all uh, mentioned that uh, somewhere along the way, whether it was early on in your life, the church uh, played an integral role. Do you have any uh, memories of, of, of pastors or Christian leaders or people in your church that, that, it, that in one way or another were uh, inspirational or encouraging or determinative of where you are right now in your, um, in your education space? Yeah, I guess I'll answer it. Yeah. Well, I think I think more so from the pulpit. I think more than anything, um, it came from the pulpit uh, with this understanding. Again, I'm speaking about framework. The understanding that God is creative; He's not limited to one ethnicity. And I think this is why this conversation matters too. Is that um, He, God is God in creating us diverse, is showing and displaying His creativity. And so um, at the same time, showing that we all have value, um, the heart of God, um, whenever I, I preached on Mark um, this, this past Sunday. On, I told you a sermon was going to come out. It's coming. Mark 11. 
And it's Jesus flipping tables, and he's upset. And he's saying, you have turned my house of prayer into uh, a den of thieves. And so what Jesus is doing is he's quoting quoting Jeremiah, uh, this passage where he's in the Gentile courts when he's saying this. And he's, he's quoting this passage in Jeremiah 7 when it speaks on the injustice of the Israelites. And the injustice of the Israelites was their inability to care for the foreigner. And so, again, going back to your question, uh, how have they encouraged us, is by showing us the heart of God and his desire for us, uh, all of us, to be part of his kingdom. And I think this applies to uh, all of us today because we're all Gentiles. A lot of us are Gentiles. I don't know if there are any Jewish people here, but he opens that up to all of us. And I think that's the framework that, from the pulpit, our, our pastor was intentional on sharing. You know, you might feel different, but different is a good thing. Because it shows God's creativity. There's what amazing connection between God's plan and purpose, and there's a divine connection with a BA in math, right? I think like Dr. Juarez was saying, that education and, and church go hand in hand. I'm the product of church outreach. Our church, my first church, uh, they offered ESL classes. And that's also education, educating someone to be able to be a part of the, of the country, to be able to learn the, the language. Uh, that's important that, that your churches may, may do in some type of outreach, and you may think, well, what does that have to do with the spirit? People like me are the ones that get to know Jesus through those outreach uh, programs. So um, that's, that's where I see education going along within the church, that when, when we go and reach and help them with their needs, when we go and help the, the, the person that is in need, no matter what they're going through, and love them through it and teach them and show them that, that we love them because Jesus loved us first, then that's when we display the gospel in, in, a, in a different way. Yeah, I... I wish I could say that it, within the church I got that uh, encouragement, but it was actually from the novellas, from the TV, <laughs> from the soap opera that I, when I watched, when I was a little kid, I saw those people in, in, in managing uh, administrators, and, and, and I got that desire to be uh, educated, but it was, it was a, a, I would say, a human uh, desire, but uh, when I became Christian, I, I thought about how God wants us to be good stewards of the, everything that he has uh, given us. And, um, and I thought about if we, in the world I and people are trying to get educated, where I think within the church we have to do it even with bigger reasons because we are Christians and God wants to serve the world. God wants us to serve the world. So there is a, you know, there, there is a, a lot of the IQ, the uh, intelligent coefficient, there is the, uh, the I, AI, and, um, and something that I discovered in my studies is the cultural intelligence, how the world is so different. And if we don't learn from God and we don't get educated, we're going to miss a big part of the of God plans of reaching the world. So education is, 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 uh, is key, and it has been a great inspiration to me to serve the people that God sent my way. That biblical connection is very clear in the, in the greatest commandment, right? To love the Lord your God with all your 
heart, strength, your mind. And I often share with our Hispanic churches that we see a lot of the love the Lord with all your heart. Oh, we're passionate about our, our worship and a little vibrant and, and, and sometimes being accused of being a little too charismatic-y. Uh, and we're also passionate. We also love the Lord with all of our, uh, our strength. You know, our churches are known for, uh, you know, selling taco plates to send the kids to, to youth and, and working hard and doing ministry and missions. And, uh, and often in our congregations, we don't often speak of loving the Lord our God with all our mind. Um, what are some of the things that you have seen uh, maybe your church or other churches do uh, to uh, encourage and influence and spark that loving God with their mind, especially through education? Um, we, we serve uh, the elementary school right next to us. We do what's, um, maybe some of y'all have heard of the program, uh, Old Pro Dad Breakfasts. And so there we get to invite parents to have breakfast with their kids. We talk about a certain specific topic that's gonna help them. Um, and it's educating them on how to parent and how to live life. And it's an opportunity to share the, the love of God through different ways there. We also, um, one of the other things we do is every year on the night right before uh, FAFSA opens, we get together through Zoom. We fill out, we go through each of the steps of FAFSA so that if there's any questions, we can answer them for one another, uh, with one another. And then they, they turn it in right at midnight because it's first come, first serve, right? So um, we, we, we try to help them out. Uh, and na to navigate through this whole process that for many of them being first or second generation Hispanics and have never had the college experience uh, or their parents have had it, then we can help them navigate through that. What a, what a great asset. When I went to college, first gen college student, uh, my parents bought my first book and that's about all the help that they could give me um, to have somebody walk you through that process step by step and to, and to get it done on the first day, that, that's <laughs> even more of a miracle. Yeah, because uh, Hispanics are always late anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. We won't be to late turn, to the tamales to today, yeah. that's for sure. We're trying to turn that around, so. Yeah. Well, one of the things that right now we're doing is we're offering GED classes for our community. So I think 70% um, I think one, one, of Hispanics don't go to college because they think they cannot afford it or they are not a college material. That's, that's the, the thinking, and in my preaching, in my one-on-one -on -one conversation, I tell everybody, if I were able to get so many degrees, so, so you can, because, uh, you know, it, it was, this was the most painful experience that I have in my life, being a, in, a, in a classroom with 40 white kids, only I was the only Hispanic, mm -hmm. and I was 40 years old, working in my BA, all BA student. I mean, I was sitting there, I was trembling, I was, I didn't want the, the teacher to ask me any question, <laughs> because I was afraid that I'm gonna say things the, the wrong way, and when, when, when I was in my master, the, 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 my professor said, you need to do uh, a presentation, and I could not sleep for one week, <laughs> because it was mm -hmm. so, so hard. So there are so many people that think that they, so many Hispanics, they think that they are no uh, a school or college material, but, but they are because they have that mind of God. I mean, they have that mind that God has given to everyone. There is no distinction from God, black, white, brown, or yellow, or whatever. 
is the same brain that he gave us. It's just a matter of being obedient to God. And, and I think the church, uh, my church, does a constant reminder to people, you need to go to college. To students, you need to go to college because uh, this is what, what God wants us for us to do. And one of the things I often remind uh, students in my church is that um, college may not be for everyone. Luis, I know you don't want to hear that as a recruiter. <laughs> college may not be for everyone, but education is. Everyone can be educated. And as I look back on my own personal history, uh, the most memorable um, educational moment wasn't whenever I got to speak at, at my son's graduation from college, it's when my dad contacted me and told me he'd gotten his GED. And that was, that, that's a moment that sticks with me. And, and so churches that provide ESL and GED classes, you know, what a, uh, you are lifting up uh, people's, not only opportunity, but their spirits, their ability to love the Lord their God with all their mind. Have any of y'all found uh, any kind of uh, challenges or controversies when pastors or the church advocate for education uh, in their congregations or in their, in their community. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think one of the challenges that I see, at least with, with my culture, um, and this is uh, first-gen Hispanic, uh, is, is our priorities aren't always in the right place. Uh, and I think it goes back to what um, Pastor Juarez was saying about um, the fear, there's fears involved. Uh, there's the fear of the unknown, and I think that's something that we all deal with, not knowing what's next or having uh, never seen it before in our own context or, or modeled. Um, and I think also uh, many of us would, it, it's hard to take out a loan for investing in ourselves, but we might invest in a car or might invest in clothing or um, or different things, but I think it's it's seeing that self worth of hey you you can you can invest in yourself, uh, you're capable you you can do it, and this applies to to us all. You know I think it, it could be easy for us to to say well is, does this really matter, uh, and just be short sighted. Um, I, I think that we need to trust the process and also trusting God's calling, because uh, if God has called us to be here and, and to get a higher education. Um, then he will he will be faithful um, and he'll provide one way or another. Yeah, I, Go ahead. I think one of the challenges is uh, is uh, is the the values uh, they they clash because uh, education is a value and um, and sometimes in the in our community in the Hispanic community what there's more value is hard work. You know, working hard is more important than going to college. So when we start advocating for uh, students or young people, the youth go to college, we have that challenge to be able to, 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 to show them that the youth, you have to get educated first and then you go to work. So that will, that will make a difference in, in their life. But, uh, but I will say the clash in, in, in values is, is one of the biggest challenge, at least that I have faced. One of the uh, greatest ways to overcome so many barriers is to be able to see people right there that you can touch, that you can talk to and listen to with, 
with, with maybe similar backgrounds or experiences or, or limitations and, and see them overcome. I often think about Liz Insignia, uh, who is the uh, state uh, WMU uh, director, um, the first Latina director of a, of a state WMU organization. And she shares her story growing up, uh, I think it was a little small town south of San Antonio. And she had a lady who came to a church to speak. And it was the first uh, Latina that she had ever encountered that had gone to college and graduated. She had never encountered someone that looked like her and talked like her that had gone to college. And it was that Sunday morning experience that inspired her uh, to go on to get her education and, and, and get her, her degrees. Um, uh, what would you say if you had a room full of people, say they were celebrating Hispanic History Month, and they were waiting to go eat some tamales and aguas, <laughs> and the only thing that stood between, uh, uh, between them and, and, and that great food is, is our kind of wrapping up today. Um, what words of encouragement or challenge uh, do you have to the Criswell students this morning? How much time do we have? <laughs> no, um, going, I'm a pastor, so here's a pastor answer again, sermon, mini-sermon. Uh, Isaiah 58 is one of my favorite passages uh, where it talks about where Israel has been fasting for a long time, and they fasted and they fasted, and they're asking God, you, we're fasting, but you're not hearing us. You're not changing our situation. And God tells them, he says, you are not, you're fasting in the way that you want to fast. This is the way that I want you to fast. Mm -hmm. My fast is for you to care for the poor, for you to care for the widow, for you to give shelter to the foreigner. And he says, only then, when you do all these things, will your light shine forth and break in the dawn. And so this has been one of my life verses, is that through the, this is the lens that I see the world through, is what is the fast that God wants in my life? Mm. What is the work of my hands that God wants uh, from me? And I think a lot of times we want to worship the way we want, with the songs that we want, and the style and the fashion that we want. But have we stopped to ask, what is the fast that God wants from my life? And, and I, think, um, I think every single person that God puts, his, puts in our lives is a mirror back to us. It's like, how will I deal with this person, or how will I love this person? And, and, the, and that reflects the heart of God in me. So. It would be a pastor that when we're all thinking about tamales, he would talk about fasting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. One thing that I, I will say, I will, it brings to my mind when, uh, when John, the Apostle John, was uh, having this, this vision of, People of every nation, every tribe, they were worshiping the Lord all together. So, um, and the vision that I that I that I see, and that vision that John has, uh, is um, that we need to be cross-cultural. We need to develop that attitude. I will say it's an attitude and a spiritual uh, something to be able to be every human being as a God creature, as, as a God creation, because uh, in the end, it doesn't matter what color your skin is, it doesn't matter what language you speak, you're going to be, if you're a Christian, everybody will be together worshiping the Lord. So 
So developing good cross-cultural relationships is key because not just because it's something uh, spiritual and is the truth what the, the Lord wants, but we live in a global um, everything. It, it, it is a global system right now. Just, just look at internet and everything. It, it is global. Marketplace is global. I mean, everything is global. And if we, if we stay in our silo, we're going to lose the opportunity uh, to impact the world. So if we really, really want to serve the Lord in the way that he wants us to serve him, we need to appreciate all cultures, every person for every culture. And we need to be able to create good relationship and, and serve them because uh, I think that's, that's where we should be. That cultural quotient is um, not just a spiritual asset, but a financial asset, right? My, <clears throat> my oldest kid is a fourth generation Tejano, wor worse mo uh, no sabo than me. <laughs> and, and one day he just starts speaking Spanish to, to my mother-in-law, to his grandmother, and to us, and we're wondering what's going on here. And we realized that he was applying for a job at a local bank, and they were going to pay like 50 cents more an hour if he was bilingual and he was trying to pass the bilingual test. And uh, the, so that the ability to work across and work with people who don't look like us or talk like us or maybe don't even have the same values as us, it, it, it's a great kingdom asset, and it's also one that's great for business. Um, I'll, try, I'll try not to sound too preachy, but <laughs> uh, it probably will come across as that. One of the things I love about the Bible and preaching it is that even though it was written so, so far back and so far away from us in a culture so different from us, it's so applicable to each of our lives. And so one of the, one of the verses that it reminds me whenever I think, especially for those of you who might be immigrants, is uh, Joshua 24 when he challenges the people um, to see the idols of their background, to see the, the idols of a progressing world as they entered the promised land, and to make a decision, a firm conviction of saying, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I want to challenge you to be that, that Joshua um, generation. You see the things of the past. Maybe if you're an immigrant, you, you even see the, the gods that maybe your parents have known about or have taught you about. You see the gods of the current generation, maybe money, success, power. But you have to make the decision, especially as Criswell College uh, students. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But do not fall into the, into the trap that they fell into. Because if you continue on to the next uh, book of Judges, it says that once Joshua died, once his generation died, there arose a generation that did not know the, the Lord and the great works that, they, that he had done. Don't give up on sharing the gospel to the next generation. Regardless of what they look like, regardless of what they might sound like, continue to share the gospel because that is the greatest thing that you can do, to share the, with the next generation the great works that the Lord has done. Can't think of a better way to conclude our time together than with that challenge. Father, we thank you that you have not created us 
all to look the same and think the same and, and speak the same and like the same foods and appreciate the same art or music. God, we thank you for your image that is instilled in each one of your creation. Father, for those who have discovered more than just being your creation, who've discovered what it is to be adopted into your family, who can call you Abba Father. We thank you, Lord, that we have something that uh, unites us across uh, cultures and languages and, and borders. We have one spirit, and one faith, and one Lord, and one baptism, and one hope. And we pray, Father, that in that difference, uh, that what unites us would be uh, greater than what separates us, and that it would always be Christ who shines through us, regardless of where we come from and where we're going, that you would shine greatly in us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you once again for listening to the Criswell College Chapel Podcast. Please make sure to visit criswell.edu to learn more about Criswell College. We hope that you will join us again soon. God bless you.